1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: This is Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. Your home for common sense, science based healthcare. Here's your host, Doctor T.J. Williams.
3: Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Doctor T.J. With me, as always, is Erin. Hello. She's uh, over there, excited. She's a little farther away today in the studio. Um, we have a we have a special guest. We're, I'm very excited about today's topic. Um, today, we are going to finally discuss hormone and hormone replacement hormone therapy we've been asked over and over and over again to be to do this show and we've purposefully not talked about hormones um well
4: and that's i mean part of the reason for that let me just explain kind of how this works to everyone is that i a lot of times will do the outlines and you know TJ is treating people. He knows all of this stuff, so I have to like get up to speed. Hormones is something that just was so huge, and I'm like, you're gonna have to figure this out, and you're gonna. So he brought in reinforcements. I did. Which... <laughs> I brought in reinforcements. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes,
3: it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, so I brought in reinforcements. So I mean, like I like I was saying before, we we've been doing hormone replacement in the office for a while, and it. You know, we we help someone out, and then they send their friend or their you know spouse or you know a loved one in, and they get help with hormones. And I mean, it's just it's all been word of mouth at this point, and we've just had so many people that have just basically been begging us, "Will you please do a show on hormones? When are you I ever going to do hormones?"
4: So much confusion out there. And I, before we get too far there into is. this, can we rec- um. Can well, we I'm, getting, introduce- I'm getting there. I'm I getting there. I'm building up. I'm building <laughs> okay. anticipation.
3: I'm building anticipation and
4: wondering who is here with us
3: with, with us today in in the studio is um, our nurse practitioner at our office office. His name is Nick Bode. Um he has been with the clinic for a couple years now, and he is just amazing um yeah. all of our patients just love him the staff loves him um he's brilliant yes he's, he's a,
4: really a guru with all things functional medicine, but hormones especially um we really wanted to bring we've talked about you know we should bring him on on a lot of these shows, but hormones was something that tj's like we really yeah, we, Nick, need, Nick well, is we the, need to have um, him in here. He's the man. The specialist with this. Wow, so thank you. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> you're,
3: you're very welcome. I hope that was worth all the <laughs> anticipation you built <felt> out there. <laughs> huh, I could see the sarcasm already. Huh. Uh, yes, no, it's it definitely is. I, I, I hope that our listeners and you guys out there in listener land um, you know, really can take a lot away from today. We are going to, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff when it comes to hormone replacement today. Um, and just to give a little bit of an outline, like we always um, do on this show, the things that we're going to try to get through, because sometimes we're, uh, we talk a little bit long. Um, we're going to try to talk about the difference between bioidentical hormone replacement and synthetic hormone replacement. We want to talk about what that is, what the differences is, Uh, what the differences are. We're going to talk about routes of administration. So we're going to talk about oral hormones. We're going to talk about transdermal, so things that you put on your skin. We're going to talk about injectables. And then we're going to talk about pellets. Um, And we're going to really get into why the mode of uh, administration matters, right? This stuff really, truly matters. Not every mode of administration is for every person. And we're going to talk about that. There is one, one way that is is, I, we feel superior, um, but it's not for everyone. And there are certain circumstances where someone may not be a candidate. Um, Which is,
4: again, we talk about this so often on the show, but that's why it's so important to go to someone who knows what they're doing with this. Um, and we've made mention of hormone issues on other shows. I mean, it because hormones are affected by so many things in the body and they affect so many things in the body. So it's so important to go somewhere that has different ways of administering hormones, and really figures out what you personally uh, will do best with.
3: Right, right. And at the very end, I'll we'll, we'll put together like what you're looking for when you're if you're getting. Um, wanting to get some help with hormones. And like Aaron said, hormones affect so many things. They do that because think of hormones as our body's communication system. That's how our body communicates with itself, how organs communicate with organs, how how we just get things done in the body. And so when your hormones are out of balance or suboptimal, so the the thing about hormones is they need to be optimized for you. You're not going to feel, you know, you're, you're, You're not going to feel the best unless your hormones are completely optimized. And that's what we're after is just is helping you get the hormones optimized for you.
4: Right. And I think so many people uh, are interested in that. And there's so much um, conflicting information out there, which is what I was talking about before with, you know, when we initially had talked about, hey, we really need to do a show on hormones. I started doing the research and finding, you know, information that completely conflicted and I'm like I don't <laughs> she, even know She what to
3: literally do. brought stuff to me. He's like, "TJ, what about this?" I'm like, "Oh, well, that's not true." And <laughs> that's so not finally even close. I
4: just throw my hands up and he's like, "Well, I'll just bring Nick in." Yeah, I'll so, just bring in Nick. I'll just of, write a
3: couple of questions and bring in well, Nick, let him talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so Let's jump in. We're gonna the first thing we're gonna talk about is uh, bioidentical versus synthetic hormones, and there is a difference. So, Nick, I'm gonna throw this to you. Sure. What is the difference between a bioidentical hormone and a synthetic hormone? Can can you kind of define like what a bioidentical hormone is for our, our listeners that have no idea?
5: Sure, absolutely. So, bio meaning of biology and identical. So, breaking the word down there, mm-hmm. um, it's exactly chemically, uh, structural wise, the exact molecule that your, your body produces on its own. Endo- so, it's, so it's exactly the same. Exactly the same. Perfect. Yeah. And, and because it's exactly the same chemically, it produces the same effects as, um, your normal endogenous, your own body's hormones would. So, okay. and it doesn't have, um, a lot of the side effects that synthetic or the, um, the alternative, the man made um. Chemicals do
3: so. These so. synthetic ones are basically uh, a, a completely different molecular structure. Your body doesn't even necessarily recognize what that hormone is. That, Absolutely, uh, that synthetic yeah. hormone. Okay. Yeah,
5: and well, it it can recognize what it is, but a lot of times it's alien to the human body. It's not naturally found in the human body, um, and sometimes they're actually found in animals. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh,
4: yeah. So, is there ever a time when someone would? Be a candidate for synthetic instead of bioidentical, or is bioidentical always superior?
3: That's a that's a great, that's question. A great question. And and <laughs> wow, this is you had one to of start those, off with that one, didn't you? We, we, <laughs> we dance around this a little bit. Bioidentical is always superior. Yeah. However, certain instances, and we don't we won't get into that because there's so many factors that that can play a, yeah. a part in there. Maybe that the person is not a candidate for bioidentity. So it, ju- it does happen.
4: This is, is it similar to kind of the whole thing with levothyroxine that we've talked about before? Yes. Where yes. pretty much it's not the best option. It's not the best but option. It, there could yeah. be a really unique set of circumstances yeah. where that's the only thing that will, that will work. Yeah, work for absolutely. someone. Okay. Yeah, and, I get
5: it. And of, as the biggest difference really, as of right now, there's no, Guideline: There's no indicated use for bioidentical hormones for prevention of pregnancy. So yeah, there's there's no birth control method for bioidenticals. For bioidentical yeah, so, so
3: there you the, go. Yeah. Birth code, birth control is one reason
4: that yeah. okay. Wait, so synthetic hormones are used for birth control
3: that's what absolutely that's what birth control is (laughs) see i feel like you did you skipped
4: over that part like i'm supposed to know it and this is what i was afraid of having the two of them in the studio that it's (laughs) not going to go over my head yeah (laughs) and i don't have an outline like i normally have done the research to go off of so
2: (laughs) you're
3: welcome ladies and gentlemen (laughs) you're welcome so i want to ask a question here and i'm going to formulate this i know the answer but i want to ask i want to ask you nick could you give us the name so people understand because People know prescription names. It's very common. Can you give us the name of a popular bioidentical um, estrogen and the name of a popular synthetic estrogen so people can like notice, hey, yeah, there is a difference? I, I have heard of those two products before.
5: Sure. Absolutely. So we get a lot of women that come in um, on the Vivelle dot patch. That's a um, bioidentical um, estrogen patch uh, that's used. Um, and then, in terms of synthetic, um, Premarin is uh, conjugated equine estrogen. It's that's actually that's horse, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, equine absolutely. is horse. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> is that... it's actually in the name. Um, so Premarin uh, stands for pregnant mare, and that's how they derive the estrogen. Is that frequently used? Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. So
4: you have people who come in and have been prescribed that? Yes. Yes.
3: Unfortunately, yes. Yes. It's sad. We know. <laughs> Um, I digress. So, and then so with as far as testosterone goes. So let's talk about guys for a second, because guys do hormone replacement too, and they do testosterone. You know, there's there's a, a bioidentical form, and it's just testosterone. Yeah. But if you get into the synthetic versions, you're talking about testosterone cypionate, which is a very popular um, injectable form of testosterone. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, and we see that we see that as well. And you know, there are there are. Times that you would use uh, a testosterone cypionate for a guy, and there are times that you would use uh, a bioidentical testosterone. Bioidentical is better. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it. Well, and it's I want to say
4: there are going to be a lot of people who are listening to this, and that means nothing to them. The different right. brand names, and that's yeah. great, right? Because right. it means that you haven't um, they haven't had
3: got ex- to that point or had not right. needed it yet. But exactly. I want
4: to just point out that even if you haven't gotten to the point where you are, you know, feeling like you need bioidentical hormones. This is something that we have had people who come in and find out that they actually are candidates for bioidentical hormones who had no idea that that was their issue. Right. They may yeah. know that they had other issues going on but didn't know it was that. Right. So just because you haven't gotten to the point where you've actually discussed this with, you know, like your primary care doctor or something doesn't mean that it doesn't apply.
3: Exactly.
5: Yeah. And there are so many doctors out there that um, – Avoid this topic for whatever reason, um, and for whatever reason, uh, doctors avoid this question. Avoid addressing hormones. Um, I don't know why, but, um, but do you think it's because could... they
3: don't understand? Yes, absolutely. That, I, com- I actually is why. Yeah. <laughs> I completely, I completely agree. That it's it's no different than you know we've talked about on this show before, where doctors feel ill equipped. There's studies that show they feel ill equipped to handle autoimmune condition. Trust me, autoimmune condition is a is a cakewalk compared to optimizing hormones. Yes. When you really get into the complexity and what's going on with the body and all the different factors that can come in. I mean, think about all the things that can disrupt the the body's communication network. There's so many things out there. And we've talked about different things on the show, toxic metals. We've talked about antibiotics. We've talked about gut health. We've talked about, you know, other toxins that you're exposed. to. There's so many things that can just mess everything up. And it's a big issue.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, Trying to differentiate between you know having too too much excess hormones and low hormones and it can be a little complicated getting into and I think um, you know in the five minute visit that you get with your primary care they just um, not enough time to. Well, I'm guessing that's yeah. a
4: huge problem if they mistake you know, low hormones for excess hormones or yes, I mean, yes. I, that's not right. something you want to get wrong, right? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. You could really mess somebody up.
3: That's exactly right. All right. We got to take a break. Um, when we come back, we are going to continue uh, talking about hormones and we're going to get into uh, routes of administration, different ways that these things can be administered to you. You're listening to Wellness 101.
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees. 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com.
2: You're listening to Wellness 101. Brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone 314-293-8123.
3: And welcome back, everyone. Today, it, oh, we have—it's been a great show. We've been talking about hormones, and I, I, this is—I love this topic. It's—it's it's so much fun. And in the last segment, uh, or in the first segment, rather, we were talking about bioidentical versus synthetic hormones, and and what the difference is, and and why you would do um, one versus the other.
4: And I don't think—I mean—and I'm no—I'm totally cutting you off, but just okay. as you say that, it makes me realize. I am guessing. Uh, a lot of people don't even know what if they're on bioidentical or synthetic. Would that be true? If you go to just a conventional medical doctor and they put you on something, are you necessarily going to know which it is?
3: Not necessarily, but for the most part, you're on synthetic. Really? For the most part. I would say that that's what we see in our practice is we see a lot more people that come in on synthetic than come yeah. in on bioidentical. All right. Well, I just Absolutely.
4: think that's a good um, – you know, cautionary tale to everyone listening is that if you don't know specifically that you're on bioidentical, you need to check and find out because there's then a good chance that you're on synthetic, right?
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, That's a good point. Yeah. Very good. All right. So uh, before the break, I said that we were going to come back and we're going to talk about routes of administration. So we're going to go through and this may take a segment or two. I'm not really sure how long this will take, but there are different ways that you can take hormone um, medication or replacement, whatever it is that you're doing, you can take them orally. That means you can take them by your mouth. By mouth. Um, you can do injectables. You can do transdermal, which is typically a patch or a cream that goes on the skin that you absorb through the skin. And then there's a pellet, um, which is another way to another way to absorb um, or to get uh, hormones. So I want to get into why the the how it's how the delivery method matters, and I want to talk about oral first. Um, and with oral, there is this, any anything that you take by mouth has to go through this thing called first pass metabolism. And I'm going to let um, Nick talk to you about what first pass metabolism is and how it affects what it is that you're consuming. Sure. So. so.
5: With first pass uh, metabolism, it means that anything that you're ingesting by mouth uh, orally has to first pass through your liver before it is um, available for the rest of your body and to, to go to its end point. Um, so when you, when you take an oral hormone, it first goes to the liver where it's metabolized and then whatever's left over after that metabol- metabolization process is left over for your body to utilize. Um, But in the process of going to your liver first, um, you can have all of these metabolites of that and downstream um, effects. And that's where you typically get most of the unwanted side
3: effects from um, hormones and and a lot of medications to do that. Right. And so this is also why when you take something orally, you lose some of the potency of it because you lose some of the of the material that ends up I mean it's like running it through a big filter and you know when you run stuff through a filter you filter out some of the things and you're left with less of whatever you consumed after the after the filtering so when when this stuff when you take stuff orally it has to survive the stomach and the acid bath in the stomach then it has to survive the liver and then you may only be left with 20 30 percent of what you consumed so if you consumed a hundred milligrams of something you really may only be left with 20 or 30 milligrams and that's if you're healthy
5: correct yeah and the perfect example of that is with like oral progesterone so oral progesterone typical dose is 100 milligrams or 200 milligrams um and transdermally or with a cream um you can typically get away with using 10 or 20 milligrams, and oh, it's just as effective.
3: So. There you go. So I mean that that just goes to show you I mean, when you when you when you do things transdermally and we're not there yet. It it's absorbed directly into the bloodstream. It's Correct. very quick. We're not quick.
4: In there we're, yet into talking. About we're not it, yeah, yeah, we're
3: <laughs> not there yet talking about that. So we're we're still back to the oral thing, but that's a that's a fantastic point. So another thing that happens with taking hormones orally is you can get gastrointestinal upset and nausea. This happens a lot. It's one of the top side effects of most medications. It's always one of the top side effects of a hormone. If you open up the little insert of the hormone that you received, one of the first things that it says in side effects is upset stomach and nausea. Yes. that's It's listed right there. I mean, go look. You can look yourself, right? Another thing that, that people – complain about that are taking daily oral um, uh, hormones is that the fact that they have to take it daily. Remembering at the same time every day to take this hormone day in, day out, there isn't a break. You want to go on vacation? There is no vacation from your oral hormones. Yeah. You've got you to take, take them. them. With mm-hmm. They have to go. And then there, when anytime you take a hormone like this through orally, it's also really hard on the liver, so the liver takes a beating in this, and that's why you know you, your doctor may be running routine blood labs to check your liver function to see what you know, make sure that nothing is going on there. It's because of this whole first pass metabolism. When you consume things, they have to go right through your liver bef- and get processed before they can get to the rest of your body. And that's
4: true with a lot of prescription medications. That's, it's right? all prescription yeah. oral. Yeah. I mean, medications, that's kind of what I was thinking yeah. because there are so many. I mean, that's one of the reasons why. In our clinic, we try to avoid prescription medications if we can. I right. mean, that's yeah. usually, um, you know, a worst case scenario. And it certainly does happen. But, you know, we try to do things that aren't going to be, you know, save one organ at the expense of another.
3: Right. Correct. And and then we have not only that. Here's the here's the two kickers, the ones that really get patients attention. Most people, they'll deal with a little upset stomach but it increases your clot risk. So it increases your risk of having a blood clot by taking oral estrogens, right? This is why one of the risks of taking a birth control pill, which is an oral estrogen, is blood clots. And they warn people taking birth control pills not to smoke because smoking increases your risk for blood clots. So it's a double whammy if you smoke and you're taking an oral estrogen, you are really at an increased risk for developing a blood clot. On the same token as that, it also has a negative effect on the gallbladder and i can't tell you how many women come in complaining of gallbladder problems or have had their gallbladder removed and they've been taking some sort of oral estrogen <laughs> yeah. for many many years yeah i was going to say if they still have the gallbladder
5: right. still still there, <laughs> if it's still and, there. And we've talked about that uh, a
4: lot on here the fact that you know so many people you know will all of a sudden have their gallbladder removed and you know that's one of the things we've talked about is you know to encourage people to come in and get checked Before they start having issues, because gallbladder is one of those that it's like all of a sudden you have issues and they're like, nope, it's got to come out. Right. And this is one of the reasons why we really encourage people to get testing to find out how they are doing internally before they get to that point, because you don't want to be in that emergency situation where they're like, nope, gallbladder is going to come out and you could have avoided it because all of your organs are better in your body. Yes,
5: (laughs) I agree with that. Yes, very much so. (laughs)
4: Um,
3: And then so. Oh, we'll will change gears. So that's oral. Let's talk about injectable uh, route of administration for hormones. So typically, when you're doing injectable hormones, you're getting a shot every week or every two weeks, and it, the, by getting the shot, it causes your levels to fluctuate, kind of like a roller coaster. Yeah. You get the shot, and the levels skyrocket, and then over the next three or four days, they fall off like nobody's business and they get low again and then you give yourself another shot and they spike again and then they, they fall off and then you give yourself another shot and it's just a continuous roller coaster of way more than you need as far as the hormone dose and then not having enough. And you're only in this sweet spot for, for a short period of time. And if you ask people who are on hormone injections, they'll tell you, oh, I have two or three days in there that I feel really good. The rest of the time I feel like crap. That's their that's their complaint. <laughs> It's just being honest. It's it's unfortunately that's that's what it is. And then they complain about the fact that the injection itself is painful. These things are these hormones are often suspended in oil, Mm -hmm. progesterone in oil and testosterone in oil. They're they're suspended in this oil. You can actually have an allergic reaction to the oil suspension. And that can be a problem. So it's just not fun having to give yourself a shot.
5: Yeah, most people most people don't like needles in general right. but then when they have to give themselves a shot right. it, it's yeah it's a <laughs> it's a whole different ball game <laughs> there's been, we, we have grown men that come to our clinic to get the injection because they don't want to stick themselves.
3: And we show them how yeah. to do it. They still will yeah. not do it, but that's okay. And then you also have a higher level of erythrocytosis. So that's, that's a problem that you, that you don't want to have. And then also aromatization. The aromatization is the conversion of testosterone into estrogen. And that's an irreversible thing. And in a guy we don't want lots and lots of estrogen, right? That's not what we're after. We want to keep our testosterone levels high. So
4: you can inject testosterone and your body converts it to estrogen? It can. Like, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it Interesting.
3: can. And then last but not least on injectables, and then we've got to take a break, it increases platelet stickiness. And anytime your platelets are sticky, that increases your risk of a clot. And that's not what we want to have no. either. That's not a good thing. No. So,
5: so far, oral and injectable
3: both increase your risk for clots. Correct. No. That's that's a good recap. And on that note, we're going to take a break. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk about transdermal and pellet applications for uh, hormones. You're listening to Wellness 101.
6: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone 314-293-8123.
3: Hey, welcome back, everyone. If you're just tuning in today, we have been talking about um, hormone replacement options, and we've been going through um, different routes of administration. In the last segment, we talked about um, oral, taking things in a in a pill by mouth every day. And we also talked about injectable, um, giving yourself or going and getting a shot uh, every week or, or two weeks. Um, next on the list is transdermal. And transdermal just means through the skin. And so one of the problems that happens with uh, transdermal application of hormones is just plain old skin irritation. This stuff can be, you know, very irritating to the skin. Some people that have really sensitive skin um, can it, it can cause them to break out. It can cause them to be itchy. It can cause you know the, the skin to be become super sensitive. Um, it's just that's one of the biggest the biggest complaints. But also. 45% of people don't actually absorb the stuff through their skin, and that's what's crazy. Yeah, and you can have, even if you do
5: absorb it, you can have an oversaturation depending on, you know, if you're switching the to- the application site enough, um, you know. And so what can happen is you, you respond initially and you get hormone levels um, up, but then after a little while you're not absorbing them anymore because um, the fat cells around that area get oversaturated with the right. hormone and they can't uptake anymore. Is it so. the fat
4: cells that actually absorb the hormone? Is they, that-
5: they absorb it and store it and then release it into the blood.
4: Oh, okay. Yep. Interesting.
3: Yeah, what you didn't know. Yeah.
4: There's a <laughs> so lot ex- I didn't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's <laughs> so exciting. That's <laughs> why so it's good I'm yeah. listening to you guys. Today. Yeah. yeah.
3: And so another thing with transdermal, just like the oral, you have to administer it daily. Now, there is a—I say that—and there is a little asterisk by that because if you're using a, a patch, you may be taking that off and replacing the patch every few days. Um, there are birth control patches out there that are once a month there or once a week. I think is the birth control patch, um, and there are you know estrogens that you change typically every three to four days. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, if you're using a cream, which a cream would be transdermal, um, you're administering this stuff daily. Right. And when you anytime you put things on the skin, you have a possible or possibility rather of transferring this to someone else. And this is especially true when we talk about men who are doing a testosterone cream and they transfer it to their wife. That's a huge yes. huge thing yes we've seen that in the clinic multiple times multiple times we in fact we saw someone who the the woman was so incredibly toxic in testosterone that it was literally shocking to both Nick and I when we saw the person's level of testosterone and she wasn't taking testosterone mm-hmm. and because of what she had going on we won't get into it but what she had going on in her, medical history she did not definitely did not need that kind of level of testosterone i mean it's it's one thing if you're extremely healthy and you're exposed to a lot of testosterone and then we recognize it and help you get rid of that stuff it's another to have some medical conditions that you definitely do not want high levels of testosterone and when asked the we're like you know do you do you notice that and she's like well My my husband uses a cream, and he's like, "Yeah, I just slather it on." And she's like, "Sometimes I touch his arm, and it's oily." Yeah, that's not a good sign. Exactly. We were like, "Okay, this is a this is an issue." Um, So
4: basically, people can be a man can be on testosterone cream. Due to loss of libido, right? But then, if he's on it, he can no longer touch his wife.
5: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Basically. So or small yeah. children or animals. <laughs> yes. nearby. Um, so, yeah.
4: So yeah. yeah, he is an island unto himself. <laughs> yes.
5: yes. Other if, guys might flock around him, right. <laughs> start giving
3: him hugs.
4: Yeah. And things.
5: E-
3: exactly.
4: Not exactly. really the desired effect.
3: When your when your two year old child, your two year old boy becomes, you know, starts growing his own beard, you know that you're it's terrifying. <laughs> you're, yes. You have a problem. It's really terrifying when it's your daughter that grows a beard. Yes, Um, because that's Uh, it's bad. Yeah, Um, but that's transdermal. I mean, the it they may be great for certain situations, but they're not always the
5: best. So transdermal
4: is either a patch or cream. That's what we're talking about. That is correct. Is getting it in through the skin. Or there
5: is some weird options out there too that are pretty common. Uh, I mean. I say weird, but they're not, not really weird. But the like the NuvaRing is technically transdermal. That's true because um, it's
4: going in through the skin. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yep. Right. No,
3: that's that's actually a good point. NuvaRing is it would be considered transdermal. Um, and then last but not least, we have pellets. So pellets, we're fans of pellets. Um, they allow you to have a more consistent blood level. Um, granted, there is a little bit of pain with the insertion. They, they do have to be inserted. Um, they're inserted under the skin, um, in your, in your rear end. Yes. (laughs) Um, just toward the top portion of that. Um, there is, so there's a little bit of pain with the insertion for that. Um, there is a possibility that they can extrude. Um, so that means that they could, they could come out. It's extremely rare. Um, it's like one or 2%. And really when that happens, um, the people, they'll tell you, oh no, it happened because I ran a marathon or something, you know, three weeks after or or three days after I got my pellet insertion. Well, you weren't supposed to be exercising like that right after anyway. There is a downtime. Another, you know, negative with with the pellets is there's a downtime after you get the pellets inserted, you know, five to seven days of really no activity that would, you know, Walking around and doing stuff like that, yeah. but you, you don't want to sit for a long period of time, so you don't want to get your pellets and then yeah. take a twelve-hour car ride to the beach. Yeah,
5: I just had a conversation uh, the other day with a patient um, who was getting ready to to do pellets, and we decided to delay it by two weeks um, because she was getting ready to travel and she was going to take a long flight, and um, we just decided it was better to wait till right. she came back.
3: Right, so. that's and that's a that makes a lot of sense when you realize that oh wait these things could could come out once everything is healed up. I mean, it doesn't take very long to heal—five to seven days to heal. You're pretty much good to go.
4: Okay, so five to seven days. Um, I mean, we're talking about these other methods where it's daily or every you know, at least a few times a week, how often do you need to get the pellets?
3: Great question. So pellets are administered, it depends. Men and women are different. Women will get pellets every three to four months. Men will get pellets every five to six months. And it just it just kind of varies a little bit. There's a little bit of wiggle room there. I understand that. But it has to do with your activity level. Um, the more active you are, the faster you'll burn through a pellet. Um, the less active you are, the slower you'll burn through a pellet. That's the that's the big now, thing. Now
5: that's no excuse out there, right, ladies and gentlemen. To uh, right,
3: you don't get to, <laughs> to take get a low activity. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want low activity just to make your t- pellets last longer. It does <laughs> It's not going to work like that. But
4: this is with it, not with people not getting it very frequently. It's one of the reasons why people actually will travel to us to get their pellets um, instead of you know going with these other methods. Um, when you need to be getting you know having these administered much more frequently, um, you know we. Typically, have people that are in town, but pellets are something that people could actually travel in to come and see us because they don't have to constantly be in right. the office. Yeah.
3: Right, yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. So that there's there are your there are your four um, modes of administration. We talked about oral, injectable, transdermal pellet. Oral is basically daily and has some side effects that people don't really like. Um, um, injectable, you get something done every week to two weeks. Transdermal, typically applied daily. Sometimes it's it's every two or three days, depending on what patch you're you're using. And then there's pellets, which is administered, you know, three, two to three times, maybe four times a year, depending yeah. on depending on your activity level and and your specific needs. Now, cost, because people ask us all the time what what cost is. Believe it or not, pellets are cost-effective when compared to oral, injectable, and transdermal. They, and a lot of times it's actually cheaper to do pellets than it is to be refilling your prescriptions constantly over and over again. And it takes the hassle of having to do it every day or remembering every third day to change your patch. You know, it helps that we have smartphones mm-hmm. that can remind us, oh, hey, you know, you need to change your, change your patch. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's just something that it's one less thing you have to worry about. Right. Right. And
4: I know that there are a lot of people who are listening who will think, you know, well, I've got to remember to take all of my other prescriptions every day or, you know, multiple times a day. That's a whole other issue and another reason why you should come and see us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so no. if you're thinking it wouldn't be a big deal because I have to do that anyway, well, that's something else to consider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's true. Who wants one more thing to do?
4: Right.
5: right.
3: Exactly. <laughs> it's hard enough when they come to us and we tell them, you need to eat this way, you need to exercise and do this. It's just We're just adding things, right? <laughs> um, all right. So we've got to take another break. When we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit about why – Um, the delivery system matters a little bit for um, estrogen and progesterone. And we kind of covered the estrogen, but what we didn't cover is progesterone. And maybe we'll even talk a little bit about um, testosterone as well. You're listening to Wellness 101.
2: You're listening to Wellness 101, brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123.
3: The show everyone. Um, if you're just tuning in, you've missed a pretty good show um, today. We've been talking about um, hormone replacement options, and right before the break, I said that we were going to come back and we we're going to talk about um, the the delivery system and why it matters um, between estrogen and progesterone. And I'm just I'm just touching and recapping a little bit because we talked about estrogen um, and how the how the non oral um, versus the oral m- makes a difference. One of the big things that we left out that we didn't talk about before is that a non oral non-oral form of estrogen, um, so i.e. a pellet, doesn't affect triglycerides. Whereas an oral estrogen actually increases your triglyceride level. And that's a that's a number that matters. It's in your it, it increases your risk for cardiovascular disease when your when your triglyceride level is up. And then when it comes to progesterone, basically the the big difference between um, bioidentical and synthetic progesterone is bioidentical progesterone does not increase your breast cancer risk, whereas synthetic version of progesterone actually increases your breast cancer risk, and it's very common to see people gain weight on progesterone. Do you have Do you have anything to add in there with that, Nick? No, that pretty much uh, sums it up. Um, and, uh, you know, with uh, bioidentical,
5: you don't have as much progesterone um, Effect on blood pressure and gallbladder issues as well too. Both that's the same for uh, bioidentical estrogen and bioidentical
3: progesterone. So it's bioidentical is not going to raise your blood pressure. It's not going to you know affect your gallbladder and, and create you know the increased likelihood of forming stones or anything like that or clot risk blood clots. We talked about blood clots too. Yes, bioidenticals absolutely. you don't have the increased risk of blood clots. So all right. So one of the, one thing. Uh, that I want to touch on here before we go. So there are four tissues in the body that hormones benefit if you're if you're getting your hormones optimized, and those four tissues are bone, brain, breast, and heart. And since cardiovascular, I mean, we're just going to pick on heart for a second. Since yeah. cardiovascular disease is the number one killer in America, don't you think we could optimize some hormones to help reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease? I mean, I, makes common sense to me. Yeah, it's it's it makes. Perfect sense to me. Too. I, I just it make that's it, it, I, I, why would someone not want to do that? I just I, I don't understand why someone wouldn't want to do that. But but before we before we end for today, I want to talk a, a little bit about types of pellets. So there are different types of pellets out there that are available, um, and then and different doctors are are doing different things. And they're
5: not definitely not all created equal.
3: They are definitely not all created equal. Not all pellets are sterile. Um, not all pellets have been tested by a third party for potency. Um, there can be fluctuations in the dose in pellets. Some pellets, the fluctuation can be as much as plus or minus 20%. Now, what that means, if if someone is administering a, a 100 milligram pellet, and they, and and by the way, I don't know if we've said this earlier, and I'll throw it out there now, the pellets are about the size of a, a large grain of rice. Just. As a reminder, uh, if, if, you're, if you if you miss the the other shows on on hormones, that, that's about what the size of these pellets are. But a uh, hundred milligram pellet, if if it's plus or minus twenty, you could be really getting eighty milligrams, or you could be getting hundred and twenty milligrams. That's a difference between a therapeutic dose and it doing absolutely nothing for you, right? That's a problem. Yeah, the pellets giving way too much. Yeah, giving just way too much that's i mean overdosing on on the hormones and that's problematic too it's just as big a problem to have way too much as it is to be way too low this is why it's a hormone optimization it's not you know let's get your hormones as high as possible or keep your hormones as low as possible it's optimization getting them just right right and so another another issue with this is you know for us the pellets that we use they're guaranteed to be plus or minus 3% there's always going to be a little bit of variation. There's variation in, in your prescription medications, too. Yeah. and A lot of people don't realize that, just with your standard... Prescription medication, right.
5: whether it be blood pressure or whatever, it can be up to 10 percent on some medications. Yeah. So. yeah.
3: No, it's, that's a that's a very good
5: point.
4: Which is probably why now that you say that, where some people, you know, will have either the brand name or a generic and they'll feel different on one or you know, compared to the other. Right. And I bet that's Absolutely. probably why.
3: And that it also has to do with the fillers that are in the generics versus the brand name. Yeah. The, yeah. There may they may be using a little different filler and you may have a little more variation in the right. generic with the potency.
4: Right. And well, and with what you're talking about with the pellets, I mean, we you know talked about in the prior segments that pellets, um, for the most part, are going to be superior, right? They're right. the best way of administering um, hormone replacement. But it's not that easy. I think the point here is that it's not just, uh, you know, finding someone who is going to administer pellets. That's not the only concern. There are different types of pellets. And it's kind of what we've talked about before with IV nutrition, how, you know, IV nutrition is going to get the nutrients into your bloodstream, which is typically superior to oral administration, but you can't just go to anybody right. for IV nutrition. So it's really the same thing there. I mean... And,
3: and unfortunately, there's no one out there policing... Right. ...who's saying what and... For IV
4: nutrition or pellets. Right. You so know? people
3: are just making claims and saying stuff, oh, I do pellets or I do IV nutrition, and they really have no training whatsoever, um, and... They, that can be dangerous for people. Right, it's and it's scary. hard from our yeah, perspective
4: when we get these people in and who have been hurt, and then... Like, oh, know, I
3: don't want to do pellets. Yeah, I've had can't, a problem. They,
4: yeah, we, I know someone who had a horrible reaction, and we think, okay, you know... Where did you go and what were they actually using? And so there are, you know, I mean, it matters not just the form of administration, but who's administering it and what they're actually administering.
3: Right. I mean, so just like with everything, if you're looking for hormone optimization, find someone who is trained in functional medicine. You will thank us for finding that because I can't tell you how many people have come to us that are on men, especially um, that are and well, women too, but women are just given estradiol and nothing else, um, or they're you know given progesterone and nothing else, and that's a problem. But men, all they'll do when the, with a blood lab, they'll literally bring their blood work with them. It's a testosterone, and that's basically it. And they didn't look at anything else. They saw that their testosterone was low, and they start giving them you know super high doses of of testosterone and we're like wait a minute they've completely missed the boat because no one looked at the person they just came in got their blood drawn and then they're like oh your testosterone's low let's give you testosterone it's it's not you know if it's low give testosterone if it's low why is it low what's going on let's make sure we're addressing all the issues and fix that
4: right and no i mean i think that's a really good point and i know i always try to do comparisons here because that's how it makes sense to me but this is similar to what we have talked about with thyroid before where people will come in and they'll have just had their tsh checked and tsh checked and tsh checked nobody actually looked at what their body was doing and what was actually going on with the thyroid yeah, and they senior. didn't need
3: synthroid after all right yeah, exactly. it's the
4: same thing with this you can't just look at testosterone is what you're saying right right
3: there's a there's a whole lot more that goes into this and so You know, if also if you're looking for someone with that's going to you know help you with your hormones, find someone who does all forms of hormone replacement, that someone that understands when it's prudent to use oral or injectable or transdermal uses, not just someone who's just doing pellet, 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 pellet.
4: And are they pelleting everybody? Because sometimes someone might think that they have a hormone issue and they might have a different issue completely. Right. They may bitten.
3: have a toxic metal issue. Right. Yeah. We so see that's that So important lot. too, are, and you don't yeah. want
4: to bombard their system with right. hormones that they don't need.
3: The, exactly. So then you're just you're creating other problems that someone else is going to have to undo. Um, and so that's and that's we have one had a things. lot of patients
4: that come in and we're considering hormone replacement therapy with someone else, and we have found major problems, and we're like, well, it's a good thing we checked right. before you did this. So this is a that- And it's not
3: that they didn't need hormone replacement or that they may not need it, but we have bigger issues and bigger fish to fry first. And it may change
4: what they need, right? I mean, it may change, you know, how much they need. It may change um, when they get it. I mean, there are all these other issues.
3: Yeah, and they may not even need it once the other problems are fixed. That's the thing. You just don't know until you fix things in the proper order. So anyway, you know, if you're looking for someone to help you, find someone that does functional medicine find someone that utilizes all the all the forms of of hormone replacement but that's about all the time we have for today i hope you've enjoyed it it's been a lot of fun if you want more information please visit our website theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com give us a call 314-293-8123 shoot us an email we love to hear from you we love to have your questions uh, find us on facebook and instagram you know, we try to post on there as frequently as we can. Um, you can reach out and connect with us. If you have any show ideas, throw those out there. Um, we really enjoy those. Um, and we finally
4: so, listened to all of you that were saying yeah, hormones. Yeah, we <laughs> finally listened to you for hormones.
3: So for that's all the time we've got. For Aaron and Nick, I'm Dr. TJ. This has been Wellness 101. Thanks for listening.
2: Wellness 101 has been brought to you by the Institute of Natural Health, your destination for functional medicine in St. Louis. For more information, visit them online at theinstituteofnaturalhealth.com or by phone, 314-293-8123.